gentlemen, start your engine. You're listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show on BMRNAPA.com. Now, here's your host, Anthony Alejandres. Welcome in. You're listening to BMR Access, the Bill McAnally Racing Podcast. I'm Anthony Alejandres. Back in 2007, the NASCAR k Pro Series began racing at the 7 eighths of a mile Iowa Speedway and combining both the East and West Series for one big race. Some of the notable winners over the years include Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, Brett Moffitt, Chase Elliott, Cole Custer, and Ben Rhodes, all drivers who represented the k East Series. Then came 2015. The East-West combo race would be contested twice that season, once in May and once in August. For the May edition, second-year BMR driver Brandon McReynolds went into the race looking for his first career win, but in order to get it, would have to overcome the largest field of K&N season. Racing against 38 other drivers, he'd also have to break a long trend of k East drivers dominating at Iowa Speedway. In 11 East-West combo races up to that point, the West had only seen one overall victory in that race. McReynolds started the race in the second spot and would have to outduel a dominant William Byron to score his first NASCAR k Pro Series win. Byron and McReynolds would be the evening's only race leaders, and in the end, Brandon McReynolds would get his breakthrough victory out at Iowa Speedway. Fast forward to August 2015, Brandon McReynolds would pick up right where he left off in May. He would qualify the number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry on the pole for the 150-lap race, and then would go out and lead 127 of 150 laps en route to his second career win in a season sweep at Iowa Speedway, the first driver to ever sweep the East-West Combo race in one season. In Brandon McReynolds' two full seasons with Bill McAnally Racing, he picked up 22 top 10 finishes in 29 starts, 17 top fives, four pole awards, and two big Iowa Speedway victories. Brandon is one of many drivers to have won behind the wheel the number 16 Napa Auto Parts car for Bill McAnally, and stay tuned because he joins us after the break to talk about those wins and more. This segment is brought to you by BMR Napa Auto Care Centers. BMR Napa Auto Care is a quality independent repair business with the best reputation in the community. Consumers consistently select BMR Napa Auto Care because of the trust and confidence they have in Napa quality parts and Napa Auto Care's commitment to excellence and best-in-class service. Taking care of your car is an important part of protecting your investment and protecting your family. 916-676-0010 or online at bmrnapa.com. Two locations, Roseville and Antelope, and both will deliver to you the same great BMR service. That's BMR Napa Auto Care. Championship service for a championship team. Hello, this is Austin Cameron, and welcome to the Bill McAnally's All Access Racing Show. Nice enough to join us on the show, former driver of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry for Bill McAnally Racing during the 2014 and 2015 NASCAR k and Pro Series West seasons out of Mooresville, North Carolina. It's Brandon McReynolds. Brandon, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys having me on your show. Well, Brandon, we uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Another uh, long line of drivers who have really done well in the number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry for BMR. And in addition to that, I mean, obviously you've been up to a lot of things since then, including this season. We've seen you part-time in the NASCAR k and Pro Series East why don't you tell us about some of those races you've run this season? Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun to kind of uh, be able to still drive at at twenty at twenty seven in the uh, in the K and N series. You don't see that too much anymore. It's uh, the the series is more based upon development and some of the younger guys that are working their way up through the ranks. And um, you know, my my path is kind of as far as being a race car driver is kind of 
come to a little bit of a standstill um, just from a matter of funding and, and a little bit of age. Um, but I'm definitely, you know, feel very blessed and fortunate to be able to still race and, and be competitive. Um, this year and 2018 has been a little up and down running a, uh, a partial schedule for John Viscani, a gentleman out of, uh, out of New York that I've been racing for. Um, just a little underfunded and, and trying to build his program up, which can be good and bad, but uh, definitely fortunate to you know, run some races. And we've had a really good run at Bristol um, at the start of the year and wound up fifth there against, you know, a lot of the powerhouse teams like BMR and Dave Gillen Racing and, and MDM Motorsports. So it's it's been good, but, um, you know, just uh, trying to create more and more opportunities for myself to continue my dream of, of driving cars and um but also with the realization of you know i might not have that pass the cup just because there's a certain amount of guys that that make it due to timing and funding and, and having the right people around them and and there's some guys that don't and I, and I feel like i'm one of those guys that has definitely put in a lot of hard work and gone the extra mile and just timing's been a little off but but who knows that door might open up one day again. So I'm just trying to stay as fresh as I can behind the seat and, and see what, see what my future brings uh, as far as the racing goes. One thing that's been interesting that you've been doing ever since, uh, I believe since you, uh, you stopped driving the 16 Napa car is, uh, we started to see you doing some driver coaching and some spotting for guys like Noah Gregson. How did that kind of thing come to be for you that you ended up starting to do driver coaching, uh, kind of so quickly after, you know, getting out of one seat and then doing another thing. Yeah, that's a good question, really. Uh, and it, as you mentioned, it happened really fast. Um, you know, we, we were in, I was in conversations, if I remember right, with Bill about trying to continue my career, so to speak, for with Bill McAnally and Bill McAnally Racing at the end of 2015. And there were some things going on, you know, with me getting older, Bill, and we had just come off of winning the two big Iowa races, which was drawing a lot of attention to the company. Um, and a lot of people were wanting to come basically, in my opinion, take that ride from me in the 16 car, which I don't blame them. Um, we, we really put it to the, the East and all the West guys in those two combination races. So at that time I started seeing the writing on the wall a little bit that, um, Bill was probably going to have to go a different direction just for the company and for the business and all that. And, and, and that, that was completely understood. So, at that time, what I started doing was really looking for other opportunities to go racing. And unfortunately, just with how the times are, um, it just came down to money where, you know, you would go to different teams, whether it was Xfinity teams, uh, late money teams, um, ARCA teams. And it, it was just all about price, which is, is, you know, cash is king in our world. And that's just where we're at. And that's where we were at at the end of 2015. So I, uh, I got approached by Jeff. Jefferson and Jerry Pitts, who who own a, a Canaan West Series team, and they they started talking to me over the course of the winter, and and it happened really fast. Um, they they were looking for someone to come in and to work with Noah as he was going into his second full time year in the Canaan Series, from more of a consulting, spotting, as you mentioned, driver coaching role. Um, and at the end of the day, with me not getting any younger, I you know I have a mortgage and a wife at home, and and had to start thinking about, you know, getting more serious about paying bills and, and creating a little bit of a backup plan for myself. So um, that was a that was a tough time for me. I, you know, I probably wasn't the most mature individual, but and um, didn't want to make any hasty decisions. But 
it was hard going from winning some big races with Bill and, and, and really Bill created such a family atmosphere for me. Um, especially in 2015, I really meshed with my guys really well and, and really started to enjoy the West coast and kind of became a home away from home. And, and to go from that to stepping away from the seat for a year, um, that, that was, that was tough on me because we were, we were winning races. It's not like we're running eighth or ninth every week. Um, but, um, I've been fortunate to, to make that transition and, and Scott Gregson, Noah's dad has been really good to me. He's been one of the best people I've ever worked for. Um, and still continuing along that path of, of driver coaching, but also paying a little more attention to day-to-day management and, and really the Noah's career path and growth. So, um, I've learned a lot and I've been really fortunate that I've gone through that, but, uh, for sure, but um, definitely feel fortunate where I've wound up. Uh, to go back just a little bit here, something pretty cool that you've accomplished in your racing career had to be your ARCA win out at Talladega Super Speedway back in 2012. You know, many people, they, they dream of racing super speedways and pulling off these epic late race passes for the win, but you actually went out and did it. Tell me about that race. Yeah, that's cool. I, I remember that day really well. It was a long time ago. Um, 2012, it's like you think about it, it's like, man, that's... Uh, six years ago so it's been a while but um i uh just to just to go to the state of alabama which i'm really proud of of my dad being from there honestly i'm a proud north carolinian but sometimes i wish i was from the great state of alabama so it's really like going home for our family um my dad is uh i feel like he's well recognized and has built up a great reputation not only in nascar but in the state of alabama so to be able to go down there to the biggest racetrack that we race on and to have success and as you mentioned not just we've seen a lot of these arca races where they shake out and a guy leading the race he leads the pack around and he comes around and gets the checkered flag but i remember we got a little behind on on a, a pit stop and took us a little longer to get fuel in the car um we kind of worked our way up through there and i had a plan the whole entire time i'd watched a lot of a lot of videos on kevin harvick and his late race passes um down at talladega i remember him beating Jamie McMurray one year um, coming to the start finish line. So really I tried to work on my timing and how to make that tandem draft work. And I was able to back up to the guy behind me and make the pass come to the start finish line. So just to have that overwhelming feeling of winning on such a big stage, but at the same time winning in, in your dad's home state and his really his home track, that that was the coolest part. I was, I was happy for myself, but to be able to see my dad and Victor Lane with me, um, and to that point, my biggest win in my career, that was, that was really cool for him. And I was, I was just proud to, to make him happy. So it was pretty neat. Well, let's talk about some of these early starts with BMR before going full-time in 2014, you had raced the number 20 Napa Toyota twice in 2013 at both the Phoenix races that bookended the season. And you had some good runs and you, uh, at that point you'd, uh, raced Arca a little bit. You made your truck and Xfinity debuts already. But uh, how badly were you wanting to get to the opportunity to racing full-time, especially given the good runs that you had put together in those couple of BMR starts? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I can remember, like it was yesterday, flying out to out to California to meet with Bill. I'd, I'd heard about Bill McAnally my, pretty much my whole entire you know youth growing up through, and I'd heard of Eric Holmes and the Napa car and and, um, you know, uh, just all the different guys that were able to come into that stable and really build that brand up with Bill and with Napa. Um, so when I got the phone call um, to come do a little bit of testing for Bill in Roseville, 
I was really excited. I got out there and, and had the familiar face of uh, Trip Bruce, who was helping um, the day-to-day in the shop, kind of like shop foreman and general manager for Bill. So it was, it was good to see a familiar face, you know, when you're 3,000 miles away from home. Uh, we were out there testing with Eric Holmes. The test went really well. That kind of led into Bill wanting to try me out in the races that you spoke of, um, the two Phoenix races. Uh, if, if I remember right, the, the first one didn't go too great. I, I think I'd dialed us out a little bit my first time running at that track. And I want to say we finished sixth or seventh, eighth, something like that. And, and then, um, and then going into the second one, I knew that the 16 ride was up for grabs because, because Bill had been through some things with Sergio Pena, um, at the, you know, midway through 2013 and, really he was doing uh, somewhat of an audition for that car um so i knew going to that last race in phoenix that i had to be all hands on deck prepared ready to go and go out there and, and show bill and the whole entire team what i could do um funny story about that race it was it was only a 50 lap race so i knew we had to qualify good and i being a little bit of a moron, I I convinced uh, I convinced Trip Bruce, my crew chief, to change the left front spring uh, right before qualifying. We went out there, we drug a fender the whole way around the racetrack. NASCAR was kind enough because they knew we were going to have a safety issue. We were just going to blow left front in the race. They let us change it, start at the back, and uh, and in 50 laps we drove from dead last, which I think there was 36, 37 cars, all the way up to fifth, and. Uh, Bill was really excited, I, and I knew right there I showed Bill that I could overcome adversity, push through, and, and, and run well on the big tracks, which I knew was really important for for Bill, you know, just really running well at all the races, but performing big on, on, on those big stages. So that's, that's what, in my opinion, what got me the ride, and, and then it was on to 2014, starting, starting full-time for Bill McNally Racing. Yeah, and let's talk about some of those 2014 races because you did put together a really good season. In a 14-race schedule, you had 12 top 10s, 11 top 5s. Really a very impressive season, especially given that you were visiting most of these tracks on the schedule for the very first time. What were some of your favorite memories from that 2014 season? Yeah, that, I'll be honest. 2014 was uh, as consistent as we were. That was that was a really tough year for me as a young man. I I um I was going through the growing pains of being a you know a younger twenty in my early twenties and thinking I had everything figured out and that I was the best race car driver in the world and and that everyone else around me just needed to live up to my expectations and and it caused a lot of a lot of heated discussions with with Bill and and I'm glad I, I'm glad I went through that though because there's one thing through that whole 2014 season. Um, we had a lot of shoulda, woulda, coulda wins. Um, I can remember us dominating at Irwindale. We ran really well there. We ended up saving our tires too much, got behind, lost the race. It just seemed like every single race we went to, I always had a book of excuses as to why we didn't execute and win the race. And, and quite honestly, it wasn't fair to my guys. It wasn't fair to Bill. It wasn't fair to my sponsor because I thought that running on the West coast and, and me just being there, and I felt like I was better than all those guys. I felt like I, we should just naturally be winning races. So between having a lot of long conversations with my dad, having a lot of long conversations with Bill, they, uh, for lack of better terms, they straightened my ass up pretty quick just from a standpoint of 
you can sit there and complain about not winning races all you want, but you got to look at yourself in the mirror first before you point the fingers at your guys, before you point the finger at your equipment. It's, it's what are you doing for yourself to help you get there? So that was, that was a tough year mentally on me because it was the first year I'd really gone without really dominating or coming in and winning was easy. Um, and a lot of that was just great competition racing against, David Mayhew, who in my opinion is is should be racing on Sundays, racing against Greg Persley, who's one of the best short track racers I've raced against. Um and and I just didn't know how to handle that as a young man. I was really immature and but I'm I'm thankful for that year of struggling and all those really tough conversations with Bill McAnally and my dad because that helped me grow into the person that I am now and just learning that that you gotta be mentally tough and you gotta put in your work and you can't just expect freebies especially in the sport of racing now in 2015 you guys go and visit iowa speedway for the first time that season it's a big race the two series come together you qualify up front and you and william byron have quite a battle and you get your first k&n win take us through the emotions of that day finally breaking through for the win and doing it in arguably the toughest race of the year against some really big competition yeah, no, it was, uh, man, that was, that was one of the greatest days I've had. Um, there, there's no secret that the West series up until up and really up until 2015, I know Michael Self had won a race in 2013 at Iowa, but really the, the West series was, um, always behind a little bit just from, um, you know, probably, probably a lot of the resources, obviously there's no lie that the, the hub of racing is located on the East coast, but, and it takes longer to get parts and, and to get, people and all that going um out on the west coast so for um kind of backtracking to tucson which was the race right before um right before I, the first iowa race in 2015 we we didn't run very well and, and we kicked off the year in 2015 and we had a lot of speed we and we had some motor issues there were some things that we didn't have worked out and it really like from the get-go it took us out of the championship hunt just from, I mean, you got 14 races and if you blow up in two or three of them, you're done. Um, so that was tough. And, and really I sat down with, with Bill and, and Ty Joyner after we struggled at Tucson. And, and I can remember Bill, he was, he was heated. He was like, we do not come out here. We had run eighth at Tucson. And I think my teammate Eggleston had finished ninth. Um, he's like, we do not come out here to perform that way. There's no excuse for it. You guys basically got to get your, your crap together. So, uh, I, I, I had a good feeling about Iowa though, like Ty Joyner, who is one of the smartest people I've ever worked with. Um, him and I were really on the same page. We'd spend a lot of hours on the phone talking about setups, talking about our guys, talking about what our plan was for the weekend. So I knew that going into Iowa and the big tracks being more my strong suit that we were going to have a good day um little did i know that we were going to go and as you mentioned race neck and neck with with william byron who's now in the cup series and and out duel him um that was that was a cool moment um and for for me and, and gave me some satisfaction and really the confidence that i lost throughout the 2014 season so to go there and, and whoop up on those guys, the East and the West guys, that was that was huge for our team and really gave us that shot in the arm that we needed after having so much bad luck to kick off the 2015 season. And um, I remember I remember getting interviewed and um, just thinking like I'm so thankful for Bill keeping me, you know, over the off season in 2014 because 
Um, I even said this to the t- to the TV camera. It's he was really taking a risk on me. There's plenty of people that come drive that car with the funding that Bill had and um, with everything that he does with Napa and Napa filters and Toyota. Um, I knew that I was on borrowed time if I didn't start winning races. And so to go there on the biggest stage that the K&N series has and uh, to outduel a, a current cup driver now, um, that was that was really cool for not only myself and the team, but really I was really happy for Bill just because he had – really put a lot of effort into my development and then in august 2015 you return to iowa speedway you win the pole and this time you don't just win but you dominate the race as well going into 2015 you'd mentioned only one time had a K&N west driver won the east west combo race yet you did it twice in the same year tell us about win number two yeah win number two is a lot different um you know the 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 first one we went back and forth with william byron and didn't really know what was going to happen until the end at the start of the at the start of the second Iowa race, um, the weather the weather's a lot it's a lot hotter out there, um, so the the racetrack's just baking. The, the, for whatever reason, that place just keeps wearing out and wearing out, probably due to their you know really harsh winters and then really hot summers. So our handling wasn't very good on our 16 Napa Toyota, and uh, I kept I kept complaining to, to, to Ty Joyner, my crew chief at the time, to to tighten the car up and. And really, I, I really feel like Ty won us that race. I was I was probably getting a little ahead of myself. I know after the race, talking to some of the competitors, especially Rico Abreu, who we raced with pretty hard at the start of the race, they had come down and tightened him up way too much because he was complaining about that same loose condition that I had. So, so yeah, I was I was excited to get that second one um, for everyone, but I that one was really on Ty. He. Uh, he did a good job um, keeping my head cool and, and keeping me understanding of where the track was going to go and that the track was going to tighten up a lot. So we didn't need to swing for the fences and we need to just keep good track position. So really that one was so much different because I felt like our car wasn't very good and I was complaining a lot and could have dialed us right out to where we easily could have run, you know, fifth to eighth, but um, luckily having good people, in, in the pits, especially Ty Joyner, that's that's really what kind of separated us from the rest of the field. So um, it, it was cool to be the first guy to ever sweep, um, you know, the year as far as East-West combination races. And, and I'm glad they've gone to only one race in Iowa a year. So hopefully I, not my, just myself, but me and, and our and our 16 team, that group of guys, and, and including Bill, hopefully we can – you know, forever say we're the only team that's ever swept the races back to back in one year. So hopefully that Iowa continues to only bring the Canaan cars back once a year. And you started a big trend for BMR when you won those races. Uh, I mentioned that they were typically won by Canaan East drivers up until your two victories. But since then, it's really continued for BMR. And counting the recent East-West combo race out at Gateway that they started this season, the number 16 Napa Toyota has now won five out of six combo races. How cool is it to have started this and now to see it continue? Yeah, it was it was really cool at the time. Like I said, probably the probably the only downfall was for me as a driver, it probably drew a lot of attention to that ride for guys like Todd Gillen and David Gillen to come over there and, and want to take that deal over, which I can't blame them. Our stuff was running really well and, and Todd and David and their whole group brought a lot of assets to to BMR and um but really you know, turning the page over to this year and even as I've been commentating some of the races in, in the CSN, in, in the, in the, in the, in the 
Um, I actually just commentated that race the other day. So um, to see Derek Cross, you know, overcome a lot, it really his season reminds me a lot of ours in 2015. He's He's been the, one of the fastest guys every single racetrack that you guys have gone to. Um, and I feel bad for him. He's a young man that's, that's trying to make a name for himself. And, and they, they're, you know, they've had some issues along the way, but I know John and, and that whole group, they've got it, you know, pointed back in the right direction. So to see his whole year come full circle from winning at Kern at the start of the year, having some, some mechanical issues as the year has gone on and still having a lot of speed to be able to come back and win on that big stage. I, I know what that feeling is like as a driver. Um, I've seen that look for for Bill and that excitement that it brings the team. And then really for Derek's family, that's really cool because I know how proud my family was of me when I was able to accomplish that. So really, really cool to be able to commentate those races and take a step back and, and to see someone else having success in that, in that 16 Napa Toyota is really cool. Another big thing that happened during your time with BMR in the 2015 season was the championship season for your teammate Chris Eggleston. What was it like having him as a teammate, and how well did you two work together? Yeah, I miss I miss working with Chris. Um, really, I feel like we were a good combination because I I felt like Chris might disagree with me, but I, I felt like I challenged Chris to be better on the more momentum, bigger track stuff that I had come from because I. I, you know, I tested cup cars for Roush before I came to BMR. I, I had done straight line tests. I'd done ARCA tests down the Texas Motor Speedway. I'd been a lot of big racetracks at a young age. So to see, you know, to get to know Chris Eggleston, who was really one one of the better short track racers in the country in the late model stuff, come up into that series, and it was neat to be able to lean on him whenever we went to the really rough four out racetracks that he had been racing at. Like when we went to Tucson Speedway, I, I talked to Chris a lot just because it reminds me a lot of Colorado national where he comes from really bumpy and worn out. Um, you carry a lot of momentum, but, um, man, Chris was awesome. He was very helpful. Um, probably as far as technique, probably one of the best drivers that I've ever raced against when it comes to working the brake pedal and trail braking and still being able to keep his momentum up. And I think that's why we've seen him dominate so much at, at Colorado National in years past. Um, but just all around, really great guy, a lot of fun to hang out with. And um, I felt like we definitely complimented each other well in our different strong suits of me being maybe a little better on the bigger tracks and, and working with him and then him being a little better on the on the smaller tracks, um, trying to help me through all that. So it was a good, good combination. And I just hate that the selfish side of me, I, I hated that we couldn't – I really felt like the fifth, the 16 and the 99 in 2015 should have been racing each other for a championship. And instead we had some issues and, and Chris's guys did a great job keeping everything buttoned up throughout the year. And um, they went on to win the championship. So I was really happy for them. Always ask former BMR drivers about this and I've always enjoyed hearing their answers, but you know, you're one of the, the lucky drivers to have raced the number 16 Napa auto parts car for BMR, a car that, really has been the icon of the K&N Pro Series West. And you've been in the shop, you've seen the championship trophies and the checkered flags that have been collected by BMR and these Napa cars and drivers. And now you've you've added to that trophy collection. In fact, you know, when as soon as you walk in the shop, you know, the first thing you see is there's two, uh, two trophies side by side from Iowa Speedway with pictures of you winning that race. What does it mean to you to not have only uh, driven such an iconic car, but also to have contributed to its success? 
No, it's it, it's really cool, and it, and I think the biggest thing I don't know how well it answers your question, but the biggest thing that stands out in my mind when you go and race for a guy like Bill McAnally is, and and I struggled to learn this, and once I learned this, this is when I started having success with Bill and that whole entire team. Is Bill McAnally Racing was around way before me, and it's going to be around way long after I stop driving or can't drive anymore. I, um, you know, it's, it's a privilege to come out there and race. Uh, the, the, the coolest part of being a part of BMR and, and that alma mater is there's no other, there's no other K&N team or K&N owner out there right now that gives you the opportunity to grow as a person, to grow as a race car driver, but to also grow on the business side. Um, and, and to be able to learn all three of those aspects has helped me no matter what I do in the rest of my, with the rest of my life, whether I end up becoming a cup series driver one day, if everything works out and all the stars align and, and opportunities start opening up, or if I continue down the management side, I'll always be grateful for being a part of the BMR family and, and for Bill giving me that opportunity. Cause I know all those three aspects of life he, he he really helped me with so it's a it's a great company um any any person that goes there and thinks that they're above that team they need a they need a gut check in my opinion because you can really learn a lot as a young man and and including Haley Green as a young woman when you go race there well Brennan I've really enjoyed talking to you about your time behind the wheel with BMR best of luck to you and thanks for joining the show yeah I appreciate it thanks for having me on hopefully we can do it again soon this is Todd Gilliland, and you're listening to the Bill McNally Racing Access Show. Big thanks to former driver of the number 16 Napa Auto Parts Toyota Camry, Brandon McReynolds, for joining the show. Definitely worth mentioning again, since McReynolds' two wins in the East-West Combo races, the success for BMR in those races has continued in a big way. Following those two 2015 wins at Iowa with Brandon McReynolds, BMR would win again at Iowa in 2016 with Todd Gilliland behind the wheel of the 16 Napa car. Then in 2017, Gilliland would win again at Iowa Speedway. This season at Iowa was a tough going for BMR. They were unable to make it five in a row, but they did bounce back to win the first ever East-West Combo Race at St. Louis's Gateway Motorsports Park with Derek Krauss and the number 16 team. That now boosts BMR's record in these East-West Combo Races to five wins in the last six races. All of the recent and archived episodes of BMR Access can be found on many great podcast sites and apps. TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher, and the iTunes Podcast app. Give Bill McAnally Racing a follow on any of these great sites and apps and have access to all these BMR interviews. Thank you for joining us. Big thank you again to Brandon McReynolds for joining the show. This has been BMR Access. You've been listening to the Bill McAnally Racing Access Show on BMRNapa.com. 